0: I got married in 2010, and um, we've been married about a, a seven, seven plus years. When getting diagnosed, um, and I um, never dreamed or desired to be a full-time stay-at-home mother. Yeah, um, it was never my goal. It was never. I always wanted to be a working mom. And I had Caroline, and I tried it, and I just never really understood the connection I would have with my child. Yeah. And so I had an amazing job as a corporate event planner for Wells Fargo. Okay. And I loved it. I still love it. It's been years. Um, But I just felt God calling me to stay home Um, because a lot of the reasons. Well, one of the big reasons is finances. We were blessed enough with Joel's job. It's a bit of a stretch, but we were blessed enough to be able to have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw God calling me to stay home because a lot of the reasons that my heart desired to be at work was more focused on my own things. Yeah. My own successes, my own image, my own, uh, you know, goals and whatever. Mm hmm. I felt convinced about that and all that to say that's like a whole other topic and discussion yeah and so that is not everybody's story and everybody's conviction um but that was mine yeah and there is no right or wrong answer whether to stay home or work or not yeah um but that was how the Lord was working in my heart so I started to stay home had Caroline had Jennings two years later um And they are two years, two weeks apart. Okay. And um, so she was born in 2013. He was born in 2015. I then started to work part-time, which I love. I worked um, for our church, Uptown Church. Okay. And I supported Melissa Kruger in women's ministry. And then that kind of transformed into helping with events for the whole church. So I did women's ministry and event management for our church. And I loved it. It was just, it was a very happy time. Yeah. Um, because I was working, doing something for me. Yeah. I was now kind of getting my foot in ministry. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was able to raise my kids. I was able to be there for them. I only worked during preschool hours. So yeah. It was just wonderful. <laughs> um, and then early on in 2017, Jennings turned to... And Joel Joel started to kind of talk to me about having another child. And I was just like, no. Yeah. No. Um, I'm not interested in that. I'm not. um, But as the months went by, I – it really is kind of a miracle that God gave me this desire to have another child. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very much from him, um, I feel like. I give him the credit there because I just – I was a tough fell on yeah. that, but he um, and I had prayed that I had said, "Lord, like if you want me to have another child, like you're going to need to do the work because I'm not going to." Yeah. Want this <laughs> um, Anyway, so um, so that was I guess April, March-ish, approximately. Uh-huh. And so we decided that we wanted one more baby, and to me, yeah. that felt like the biggest stretch of yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, one more baby felt like this is just going to be really out of our comfort zone yeah and then I think you know eight weeks later we found out um that we were having twins Uh uh-huh and most people probably think that I freaked out honestly it was I I was pretty calm because God had given me this desire and then God gave me two babies and it was just sort of like I just felt so in the center of his will yeah like this is just something so beyond myself like it's just crazy, and I felt very—I mean, I was scared and I was anxious. I was all yeah. the things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're pregnant, it's easy to kind of be more hopeful than anxious because your reality is not your reality yet. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. So anyway, so I'm pregnant. Summer goes on, super pregnant, um, and so the summer went on, fall went on, and that's kind of where we get to the part of the story where Jenny started to kind of get a little sick. Okay. Um. So, I don't want to get inside here. He was, he was the easiest, happiest. Oh, just a just a dream child, yeah. really, truly, very special. He still is. He's just different. Um yeah. But I noticed approximately, you know, kind of September, October. Mm. Hmm. Things like his light just sort of dimmed a little bit. Yeah. But there weren't like any real symptoms. And then he started to have what looked like kind of like a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Okay. In a normal child, it would look like a tantrum. So it looks like a tantrum at first, right? Yeah. It looks just like a tantrum. But I knew, always knew there was more to it because he just wasn't that type of overly emotionally expressive child yeah he just wasn't like that but of course you think that's what it is because you're like well he's turning two. maybe he's just getting more difficult yeah you know you just don't know so that that went on for a while and then um in November he just started to get sick all the time like he got a cold and then he got a respiratory illness and he was put on an inhaler yeah um and he would get a fever and it was just um and then December 4th, uh, they called me from his preschool, and they said he had another fever. And literally, he had a fever the week before Wow. that we had gotten under control. And um, so I took him in December 4th, 2017. I was 36 weeks pregnant wow. with the twins. And he... Um, I just was like, I'm so sick of this. Like, what is wrong with him? Like, let's yeah. give him some Like, tell me what's wrong with him so we can fix it. And we'll move along. Yeah. Um, but in the deep, deep part of my soul, I knew something was up. Mm-hmm. But no mom who has a child that had cancer ever says, "Oh, I think he has cancer." Yeah. Um, it's just tricky. Cancer is just tricky because it presents itself very much like other issues. Uh huh. So, it's just tricky. And that's why I think it's, like, totally from Satan. Because it's, like, very, um, you know, I just, yeah. Anyways. Mm -hmm. So, almost left there with a diagnosis of, I forget the word, but it was something with his lymph nodes. Because at that point, his lymph nodes are really swollen. Yeah. And they weren't swollen two days before that, but they were swollen that day. And and, um, I almost left there with, like her saying there was an infection in his lymph nodes and we need to do an antibiotic yeah and i was just like no no i don't think this is right something is wrong with his immune system yeah and um so i think this the light went off for her and she's like all right let's do a blood test mm-hmm. so we did a blood test um and i don't know what you know about blood i didn't know anything yeah. about blood no um you have three components to your blood Red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, they'll have different jobs. Uh Um, Leukemia is a blood cancer, and it makes, it's it's white blood cells that are immature and they never develop into actual white blood cells, Uh cancer cells, and they crowd out all the healthy cells. Yeah. So a normal white blood cell count is, gosh... You might It will look this up on Google okay. um, if you include it in the story. That's yeah. low. It's like between 9 and 15. Okay. You know, and the number is like for a 1,000. So if you have 15 white blood cell count, then you have 15,000 white blood cells circulating in your body. Something like okay. that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, his white blood cell count was 97,000. Wow. So it was quadruple, more than quadruple. Yeah. Um, what it should be. Mm-hmm. And it was an immediate... Leukemia diagnosis. It wow. was not a, hmm, let deeper here. Yeah. Um, something's going on. It was a, he has leukemia. He's in critical condition. You need to go to the hospital right now. Wow. Um, but, of course, he was two and a half and he did not seem critical. Yeah. But his body inside, this is how adaptable kids are, you know? Yeah. Um, his body inside was slowly going to fail him. Yeah. And, um, cause his blood, you know, your blood gets so thick basically with yeah. the cancer. So anyway, um, so we went to the hospital that night the next morning. Uh, well, they told us, okay, there's two types of leukemia, ALL or AML. ALL is the most common uh-huh. and has a 90% survival rate. And then there's AML and has like a 50% survival rate. Yeah. Of course we found out the next morning that his was AML. Wow. Um, and he was admitted the next day to, uh, to um, uh, PQ. Okay. For monitoring, basically, um, because he needed to start chemo. So we got a central line, we started chemo, and that basically takes us to the whole treatment phase of the story. Yeah. And that's a month long story that okay. has lots of details. Yeah. Um, but it was three rounds of very high dose chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. E- each round, he was in the hospital for 28 days. Wow. And then after his first round, we found out he was not in remission. Okay. He had low-level molecular disease still present. Okay. And that put him in a high-risk category, um, which sounds scary. And at the time, it was incredibly scary. And it's yeah. still a little scary, but it's uh-huh. not as scary anymore. Yeah. What it basically means meant is that... We needed to escalate his treatment to include a bone marrow transplant. Okay. So, his likelihood of survival was much higher with a bone marrow transplant. Okay. Um, the greatest gift from God in all of this, there's so many of those things, mm-hmm. but um, Caroline was a match for him. Wow. Awesome. And sibling matches are the gold standard for bone marrow transplants. Yeah. It's still a toxic procedure. It's still an incredibly long recovery process, but the match being so close um, yeah. prevents really serious possible complications because you're putting a foreign organ in a foreign body, an organ in a, a new organ in a foreign body. Yeah. And it's, oh my gosh, I could talk about bone marrow transplant for hours. Yeah. Um, so I'll bore you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So basically, it's where. They gave him special chemo, different than the chemo's that he got before, yep. to completely take away his immune system, to give him a new immune system. And the new immune system is Caroline's stem cells, and mm-hmm. they have to grow. So it takes like a year for them to fully grow and develop, and okay. we're literally a month away from the year mark to where we wow. have a fully reconstituted normal immune system. Okay, wow. Um, so that was the very low, 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 low. And I yeah. haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I think that probably yeah. add a little bit um, to that. So, so two weeks later. Wow. After the diagnosis, Jennings was done with his chemo, meaning he was done with the medicine of going into his body, but he okay. had to stay in the hospital for three more weeks. Yeah. Um, for his blood counts to to come back up. Yeah. Um, the, the babies were born. Okay. Henry and Charlotte, they were massive, six ten and six thirteen. Wow. And the morning of my C section. The night before my C-section, I slept on the bed, it's not a bed, it's not not even worth calling it a bed, but yeah. couch, whatever, mm-hmm. bench, on, in Jennings' hospital room. Yeah. I woke up at 7 a.m., and I kissed him goodbye, and I kissed all goodbye, and I went upstairs to the OR to have a C-section. Wow. So, wow. and then a day after 24 hours after the babies were born, I was wheeled down in a wheelchair Yeah. to hold Jennings on my lap so that we could shave his head. Yeah and that was just kind of like how it started and then the babies were always just in the picture part of part of life and yeah I was raising them and Joel was I was feeding them not raising them but I was feeding them and taking care of them and Joel was at the hospital all the time yeah um and then we moved to Memphis when the babies were 12 weeks old okay um we all moved and um we had to go to Memphis for the bone marrow transplant mm-hmm. to stay tuned. So, and then we lived in Memphis for four months. Okay. Until day 100, which is like typical protocol. Yeah. Um, you get to go home around day 100 if fall as well. A lot of kids have to stay after because of their complications. But Jennings was able to come home on day 100. Okay. He's had a lot of bumps in the road. Yeah. Um, again, I could talk about each individual one, but he's had, mm-hmm. he has struggled. Yeah. Um, but today, he is in an excellent place and functioning almost quite normally. Yeah. Um, he's only on three medicines. Mm-hmm. And whereas we were discharged on about 15 medicines, that's not yeah. sure why anymore. He, I mean, he didn't have one. He got that folder on day 100. So he has okay. lots of hair. Um, his skin is fully recovering. Yeah. He's learning to eat again. There's lots of things. So he's in a, we're in a really good place. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're coming up on his one year my anniversary which is april 19th wow that's awesome so that's the story yeah um and now more the spiritual side of it god took away everything from me so he took away um my children's health um he took away my comfort of community like once i had the twins like i couldn't i couldn't do anything but take care of my family yeah best i could Mm -hmm. um and when you don't have the distractions of the world, or you don't care about the distractions of the world, yeah. um, there's a closeness that you develop with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and you're literally leaning on him for every moment of your day. yeah. And that doesn't necessarily look a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. I was not necessarily what you would say textbook spiritual during this time. Yeah. I was not reading my Bible. I was not going to church. I mm-hmm. couldn't do any of those things. Yeah. I was literally just a weak soul relying on God for his power and strength every day. Yeah. And that would be how I would say my relationship with him was. like. And I knew that it didn't have to look a certain way. I felt his grace so much and um, his power so much. And one of the things I prayed when Jennings was diagnosed, and we had no idea what his prognosis or outcome would be. Yeah was I just prayed God's power over Jennings, you know, um, not the doctor's power, not the nurse's power, not the drug's power, but God's power um, to fight this disease. Um, And I found so much comfort in that, that it was not, you know, my, you know, my decisions or my choices that we made about his treatment. It wasn't the doctor's that God ultimately was going to cover and have it has a, had a perfect plan for Jennings. Yeah. Obviously, obviously my suffering is a gift. Um, yeah. In a lot of ways, but I see people so much more now yeah. than before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in theory, we all know that everybody has a story, but we're yeah. all going about our lives, like dealing with our own stuff. Yeah. And, to a degree, like, that's just what we have to do, you know, and, like, yeah. not that we, but, um, I'm just so, I'm just so much more empathetic, um, yeah. for all kinds of situations now, children with disabilities, children who I see out, like, um, you know, like, this is a small detail, but, like, um, when you take steroids, you get really overweight. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, like, I didn't, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so I would see kids that are overweight, and I'm like, oh they're, they're really they're really overweight. Well, so many kids look like that at St. Jude, but you don't know they have cancer. They're taking steroids to try to deal with their treatment side effects. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. There's a million little things like uh-huh. that that I've been exposed to. Um and obviously the heart for me to help others is yeah. huge. Yeah. Um but right now it just looks like not much right now. Like yeah. there's no just because of what the Lord has put on my personal family plate yeah. with the four kids. Like that's all I can do. Uh-huh. Um and I think he's actually teaching me that it's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> he's teaching all uh-huh. of us that yeah. all the time. Um, but see, I I'm a doer and I, I take action mm-hmm. on things and that's how I find value in myself. Yeah. Um, but I think he's teaching me that I don't have to be the one taking the action. I can still have the heart for something, but if it's not the season where I can actually put boots on the ground, Mm -hmm. like the Lord's still covering those places and I can pray. Yeah. Um I think that's a big thing that I'm I'm learning in this particular season. And then I hope that he'll bring seasons where I can, you know, do more and help people more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously the ultimate prayer for us is that Jennings will be fully healed. Yes. And um that we'll never see his cancer again. Uh-huh. Um I, I continue to tell people don't become um stagnant in praying yeah. for him. Uh-huh. Um, because AML is, you know, it can be aggressive and so um I just want to constantly pray every day for that. Yeah. And He's going back to preschool in two weeks, which oh. is a, nap, just a huge, yeah. I'm very exciting, also very nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, he's literally been just underexposed for well over a year. Yeah. So, just pray that he can adjust well and that um, he'll stay healthy and won't get, I mean, if he gets stuff, he's going to get stuff, but like that he's mm-hmm. not going to be constantly sick. Yeah. And that for his sure. new immune system will, um, you know, that it will work and yeah. it, will, it will do what it's supposed to do. Mm hmm. And then for me, it is just, I just need patience and yeah. wisdom and, um, humility mm-hmm. as I parent these children at home all the time. Yeah. Um, it's not what I would choose to do yeah. with my time. Of course I do because I love them and they're my kids. But yeah, it's not, if I'm thinking about me and my desires, um, there's other things I, I like to do that I cannot do. I cannot do much of anything. Yeah. Um, and it, of this it's going to be several months to a year to where I can like be in a place to you know do anything extracurricular if you will Mm -hmm. um so so yeah just for my heart that I would just lean into Lord every day and that I'll be patient I'll be a patient mom Mm -hmm. uh yeah